in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited you're joining me today. I'm so excited about today's guest, Dr. Ken Harris. He is absolutely amazing. He's a chiropractor, educator, lecturer, workshop presenter, author, and keynote speaker. He was the founder of Wellness Center in New Jersey. The center was a multi-doctor facility providing all-natural health and wellness care for over 45 years. A pioneer in holistic healing, Dr. Harris first established his practice in 1974 and in 1993 established the Mind Body Wellness Education Center, dedicated to the exploration, understanding, and promotion of the mind body spirit connection. Dr. Harris is an honors graduate, magna cum laude, valedictorian, and former professor of the New York Chiropractic College. He holds a BA in psychology and an MS in education. But most important, he's an amazing human being that I had the pleasure of meeting, and now he can't get rid of me. Welcome, Dr. Ken. Why would I want to get rid of you? You're 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 an amazing <laughs> human being. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk to you. You know, when we first met, I just knew this was it. You know, this was it. This is going to be one of my my beings of light that I walk with on this earth. I get to enjoy your company and your wisdom and insight. So I can't wait for you to share about these books. My favorite, you know, I've been through synchronicity already through the entire book. And you have this, it's a prayer in the book. So I keep it by my bed so that I can read it when I wake up every morning. And I'm sure you you know what it is. Um, I choose to see myself in the light of spirit, strong and hopeful, connected to the essence of who I am, filled with love, courage, grace, and ease. Support surrounds me, offering encouragement, assistance, and love. My medical team is exceptional, competent, compassionate, and responsive to the spirit of who I am. I am a beautiful expression of divine presence, taking some time to heal my mind, body, and spirit. And so it is. Amen. So I keep your words with me every day. So let's get started talking about, you know, your own journey to synchronicity. 
um, maybe talk a little bit about what it is and and how you're able to tap into it. So if you'd like me, I can give you a classical definition of the word synchronicity. And it was uh, originally coined by the famous uh, psychologist, uh, Dr. Carl Jung, who was known for the collective unconsciousness connection of all beings. He was the one who uh, observed while he was talking to a patient who was recalling her dream to him of having this dream of a, of a very unusual beetle in the dream, that exact beetle flew into his window and landed on his doorsill, on his windowsill. And he said, oh, she's talking about that, and here is the manifestation of that. Mm. He had never seen one before. So he connected those two eight causal events, and he came up with the term meaningful coincidence, which is mm. synchronicity. In, in classical terms. But I, I wrote the book because I kept having them one after another in my own life journey. I would meet people who knew people who knew people, and all of a sudden we're all connected in, in, a, in, in the most unusual, uncanniest of ways. So I started recording them. And after a while, I said, you know what? I got enough here for a whole book, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to publish this book and hopefully remind people that synchronicity is happening to them all the time. I'm not unique in this way. Synchronicity is ubiquitous. It's a phenomena that I believe is part of, for lack of a better word, the divine design. Source, spirit, God, universe connects us in meaningful and purposeful ways. So uh, the book is an easy read. You can uh, pick it up, put it down between chapters. You don't have to remember who's in the last chapter like a novel. And I, I make a joke. I say to people, by the way, this is a great poop book. Leave in the bathroom. Read one story between <laughs> your, your visits to the bathroom. But it, it is uh, evidence of the fact that we're all connected. And no one is walking here alone. We're being guided all the time by the inv invisible realm, angels, guides, ancestors. And to pay attention. Pay attention to what strangers, so-called, tell you. Because that's the universe giving you information. Perhaps what your next step should be, or perhaps what you shouldn't be doing next. So I, I don't consider anyone a stranger in, in that sense. I consider new people in my life, old friends. I just haven't met them till that moment. Wow. And what you're talking about when I mean, you mentioned attention, like a lot of us move so fast that we miss those moments that could we could experience a synchronicity or be, be more aware of it. Yes. Yes. So I So the key then, you know, the first, one of the first steps really is to really slow down and be present a little bit more. I mean, sometimes we meet people, we don't, you know, we barely make eye contact or, or greet them on the street, let alone have a conversation enough to realize the connection, the connection, the connection. Yes, I, I would say pay attention to who crosses your path in life. They're sent by, by the invisible world of spirit for a reason. Now, the number one thing you have to do if you want to have more synchronicity in your life, ask questions. When you meet someone, mm. the typical question is, where are you from? Like down here in Florida on the beach, I meet a lot of people. Just walking, everybody's friendly and open. We smile, we say good morning. And invariably, people will ask two questions. Where are you from and what are you doing here? Those are the, those are mm -hmm. the two pivotal questions most people want to know. And so I laugh, and depending on their state of consciousness, if they ask me, hey, uh, Doc, wh where are you from? And I look at them and I can tell immediately if they're awake or, or sleepwalking. I say, well, I'm from the same place you're from, from the universe, from God, whatever that means to you, I would say. And then they say, well, what are you doing here? 
that, meaning what are you doing here in Florida? And I said, well, I'm just visiting. And then I would pause and I'd say, aren't we all just visiting? And again, whether they got it or they didn't. So the number one thing to do to have synchronicity, ask questions, pay attention to the answers. Can you share just, just one incident of synchronicity from the book? What's your favorite? I, I, well, it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but the one, mm-hmm. the one that actually put me over the top when it happened, I was jumping for joy, is the first story in the book, which anyone can read on Kindle for free. And it's how I met a friend of mine <laughs> who I hadn't seen in 54 years, so-called by making a wrong turn and winding up on a wrong beach. The backstory is Judy and I, my wife of 55 years, that's my claim to fame, folks. Besides all those other things, <laughs> my degrees, I've been married for 55 years. And anyone who's been married that long knows what it takes to stay married to the same person. But I'm blessed. <laughs> so anyway, Judy, Judy and I were on uh, vacation. We were out in Long Island for the New Yorkers. They'll know where this is. It's called a little place called Shelter Island, which is between the North and the South Fork of Long Island. You've got to take a ferry to get there. It's in the bay. Oh, wow. So uh, I, 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 one day, Judy says, let's go down to East Hampton Beach and meet our family. We have family there. And let's ride some waves. Let's go on some uh, roller coaster waves. Because in the bay where we were on Shelter Island, there are no waves. So anyway, I get on a ferry. I wind up in a town called Sag Harbor, which is part of the Hamptons. And in that town, you got to take two roads, one to the right and one to the left. I took so-called the wrong road. I went left instead of right. And instead of winding up on East Hampton Beach, I wound up on an adjacent beach in another town called Amagansett. Now, here's the backstory. I rented a house there for years. And I said to Judy, listen, we're on Atlantic Avenue. For me to go back to East Hampton, it'll take me an hour. Anyone who knows the Hamptons knows what I'm talking about, traffic. <laughs> so I said, we're going to make the best of a wrong decision, so-called. So we, we, get, the ha- we get Camp Harris set up. We're real professional beachgoers. Two umbrellas, <laughs> two chairs, ocean view, right? About a half hour later, this guy comes down, and he's limping on a cane. And there's no, ostensibly, there's no one else on the beach but us and him. And he decides, for whatever reason, <laughs> to sit down literally within a foot of me. And I look over, and I said, sir, to myself, I said, hey, this is a big beach. Maybe you want to move over. You're obstructing my ocean view. I didn't say it. I said, sir, let me help you. I see you've been compromised. Did you have your hip replaced? He says, yes, I did. I said, how long ago? He said, a year ago. I said, well, let me help you get down on your towel. He only had a little towel. He says, no, I'll do it myself. I have to learn how to do this for myself. I said, okay. And I didn't say anything to him. About a half hour later, he gets back up, struggles. Only this time, he puts on a New York Yankee cap, baseball cap. Ah, I said, here's an opportunity to tell him and, and make his day my famous Yankee Stadium story. The backstory on that is and at age 14, I grew up in the South Bronx. We won the championship of the New York uh, Mira Little Fellas League. We had the opportunity to play a three-inning exhibition game at Yankee Stadium before the Kansas City Athletics and the New York Yankees. That's a dream come true for, for kids and Yankee Yankee supporters for sure. So I tell him the whole story. He says, okay, stop. I said, what's the matter? Are you a Boston guy wearing a Yankee hat? You don't like my story? I was thinking I was giving him a, you know, a, a, a blessing that day. He says, oh, I know who you are. I says, excuse me? I'm wearing a bathing suit, mind you. He says, you're Kenny Harris. I says, you know me? He says, you know you? He says, I know that story. 
I said, how do you know that story? He says, because I'm Richie. I was on your team. I hadn't seen ah, him in 54 chills. years. Ooh, chills. So wow. I, wound, I wound up helping him. See, there's a meaningful coincidence. He was half crippled. I'm a chiropractor. He was facing spinal surgery, and I helped him. So the universe sent him and me in that time and space to have a, a connection. I said, Richie, what made you come to the beach here today? He says, Dr. Ken, I, I, I don't know. I was on my way to Montauk, Long Island. All of a sudden, my car goes down Atlantic Avenue. Unconsciously, I used to rent a house on Atlantic Avenue. I said, Richie, so did I. We hadn't met until that day. Wow. So when that story happened, I went, wow. That, that, it was a divine appointment. Yeah. Let me put it that way. There was a meaning and purpose behind our so-called chance meetings. People ask me, hey, Dr. Ken, that's just mathematics. I said, you really believe that? I said, well, here's, my, here's my read on it. The probability of that happening is zero to none. That was divinely orchestrated for sure. Because there was a purpose of me meeting Richie that day and help him not have an operation. Exactly. And it's like two wrong turns. Come on now. You know, like there's no such right. thing that, as a that's wrong the turn. Funny thing I said, after why? that, there's no such yeah. thing as wrong turns well, after that. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. What, what, and also that, just for the listening audience, be aware of the fact that everything that happens happens for a reason. It's not random. We, don't, we are not walking around in a random uh, created universe. Life is intelligent, and life will put you at the right time at the right place for the right reason. And sometimes it'll tell you what you should be doing next, and sometimes, pay attention, folks, it'll tell you what you shouldn't be doing next. So listen mm. carefully and run the information by your body. Don't ask your head if it's a good idea. Ask your body. I always tell people, don't trust your mind. You're a psychologist, uh, Dr. Sabrina. Mm -hmm. You know that the conscious mind can talk you in or out of anything. But if you ask exactly. your body when you make a decision how it feels, it'll never lie to you. Mm. Yeah, I think sometimes we, we always look outside of ourselves, too. You know, we look to our friends for answers when we just need to sit with ourselves and see what comes up where we feel it. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. And, and I would say, listen to your microbiome. Listen to your gut. Now, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, trust your gut. You've heard that expression many times, yes? Trust yes. your gut. Go on your intuition. You know what the word gut means? It's an, it's an acronym. It means God uttering truth. Listen mm -hmm. to your gut, not to your ego mind which means the ego mind is another acronym. E-G-O is, is edging God out. So who do you want to trust? Oh. In God we trust, says our, says our currency in the United States, right? Well, I'm telling you, trust your body, trust your gut. And here's the deal. When you make a decision, close your eyes, ask yourself, should I do this in the, in the affirmative? And then scan your body. See if the energy in your field expands. That's a yes response. Ask your body, and if, and if it says no, the energy will contract. That's your litmus test. Your body will give you an expansion or a contraction somewhere in the body. Most people, it will be in their throat, their heart, or their solar plexus. Wow. So I'm sure the listeners now realize that Dr. Ken is more than just a chiropractor. He's talking about some other level stuff that I absolutely love. Edging God out. Mm. Okay, I have to remember that one. 
when that ego wants to yeah. take over. <laughs> oh, it it'll does. crucify you. Yeah. yeah. And on an energetic level, I'm an energy healer as well, and I do that all around the world through Zoom. But energetically, if you go into double-mindedness, yes, no, yes, no, you know, mm -hmm. where you start going back and forth, positives, negatives, it will exhaust your adrenal glands. Your mm. adrenal glands are powerful modulators of hormones, and that'll cause all kinds of illnesses in your body. So make up your mind, make up your gut, and stick with it. Going back and forth is exhausting. It'll fatigue mm. you. It'll give you chronic fatigue. Sometimes. Wow. Wow. So your new book, oh, I, I want you to talk about this new book, Second Chances, from Surviving well, to we all, Thriving. we all had them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a newly published anthology of 23 stories, one of which is mine. And I curated the book. I connected and helped. Everyone in the book was a friend or an associate of mine in some way. And I found them all through synchronicity. And the backstory of why did I write that book? Well, four years ago, this month, on January 16th, I died. I had a life-threatening heart attack. And I was brought back from the other side. And so when I came back into my body, I was told, you need to talk about your second chance at life, Ken, and why you got it. And for me, it, for me, it was very clear. During my heart attack episode, I had what they call an out-of-body experience, where I was observing them working on me, them meaning the first responders and the medical team that literally saved my life. And it was only by divine grace that I'm even speaking to you today because everything that day had to line up perfectly to save my life and prevent me from having permanent heart damage. The first responders got to me within two minutes, which is critical in a heart attack. And I was stented within one hour, which is also critical. Most men my age, I'm 77, at the time I was 74, die on the spot. They don't make it to the hospital. In any case, uh, I said, oh, I was given a second chance. I bet you other people have been given second chances. So I started to collect stories of people having the experience of getting, if you play golf, it's called a do-over. I think they call it, uh, there's a term in golf, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but they, they give you a second chance <laughs> to shoot the ball again if you miss it the first time. But many of us, and most of us, if you really think back, have been given more than one chance to recreate ourselves in this lifetime. And for me, the heart attack was a pivotal moment for me. And I'm having the time of my life now. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm having fun. First of all, I know that consciousness is not skin encapsulated. It's not living inside of me. I'm living inside of my consciousness. Otherwise, how could I observe what they were doing to my physical body? Wow. So who I really am, the spiritual essence of me, is not a physical body. Nor, it is, nor is it, and I'll speak in in your terminology, nor is it my thoughts, nor is it my feelings. I have a body, I have thoughts, I have feelings, but I'm not any of those things. I am, in fact, the witnessing presence. I am a soul in a human body. And by the way, it's a temporary experience, this human body, but your soul is eternal. It was never born and it will never die. Wow. So how did you first come to this, this perspective? Well, I... Because I... <laughs> most of us are conditioned I, into I a particular to... religion. You know, we're born into a particular religion, and then most of us just continue with that because that's what we knew, you know? 
um, but you've become something through some other avenues. Well, I come from a, a mixed marriage. My mother was Irish Catholic, very religious. My father was a Hebrew atheist. In the, in the later life, my dad had a religious conversion experience, and he became what they call a completed Jew, which means he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. My mother always looked to Jesus as her, her buddy. But I, I, I was never raised in a religious pattern. I, I, it, mm-hmm. To me, a lot of the religions sound like a fairy tale, like it was made up. So I went on a quest my whole life. I, I've been a seeker. And I studied all the religions all over the all over the world, from Buddhism to Hinduism to Catholicism to, to Judaism. And I came to a, a conclusion. I have a cosmological understanding of life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a religion. It's just the way I navigate myself through this world. And I had great teachers. I had Deepak Chopra as my teacher. I had Wayne Dyer as my teacher. I had Ram Dass as, as a mentor. And so I was exposed to a lot of alternative ways of understanding consciousness. And so consciousness to me is not skin encapsulated. It's not, it's not locked in time or space. It's in the field, as Joe Dispenza's work tells us. It's part of the quantum mind, which you I know you know because you've done the training with Joe. And uh, so my understanding of consciousness is, is not religious. It's spiritual. Mm. And you've been married, you said, for how many years? 55. <laughs> That's the hardest yoga you'll ever do, folks. No, 55 years. So in 55 years, your wife has witnessed this evolution of of Ken Harris. (laughs) What does she think about all of this? What does she think about this? We'll have to get her on the we'll have to get her on the podcast. (laughs) But but the truth the truth of the matter is, in a long term marriage that Judy and I have been in, we've experienced everything: life, birth, death, sickness, illness. She has seen the best of Dr. Ken, and she has seen the worst of Dr. Ken. She has seen my light, and she has seen my shadow, and she loves me unconditionally. And I do oh, her. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I need to get her on a podcast. I need the, the inside scoop. <laughs> well, well, we'll do a couple. She's, she's oh, very Oh, I would Judy. love that. She's very happy to be in the shadow. Uh, you, you know, in the Army... The frontline soldiers have 10 men behind the scenes supporting them in a war. I'm not promoting war. I'm just saying in a war pattern, the the combat troops are being supported 10 to 1. Well, Judy's my 10 behind the scenes. She supports me because I'm in the world in many ways, and she's very happy to be in the shadow. And just without her, I have to hire 10 other people to help me. (laughs) Oh, wow. I tell her I couldn't afford you. If I had to pay her what she's worth, I'd be bankrupt. You're both lucky to have each other on this journey for that many years. That that's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Well, the truth of the matter is, I don't believe in luck. I think it was. I think we had a soul agreement, Judy and I. I only knew Judy one month when we got engaged, and we got married eight months later. But I knew from the first time we went out that she was the one. Wow. Now that's not to suggest there's only one potential partner in life. But I knew from the first, from the get-go, and so did she. We're a team. Her and I are we're a tag team, like a wrestling. We, we fill in each other's gaps in some ways. She's got a skill set that I don't have, and I got a skill set that she doesn't have, and together we're, we're a power couple. Wow. So what are some, what are your daily practices like that help keep you grounded and keep you connected? 
Good question. All right. My routine. You want to know what my my, my morning yes. practice is? And I have one. And I've had it for over 45 years. But I'm an early to bed, early to rise kind of guy. I rarely stay up beyond 10 o'clock. And I, if I go to bed at 10, I'll wake up at 6. Sometimes I go to bed at 9, I'll wake up at 5. Sometimes I go to bed at 8, and I'll wake up at 4. In any case, early to bed, early to rise. And then I spend two hours in the morning in the following way. After I take care of my personal hygiene, I then do meditation anywhere from 20 minutes to a half hour every single day. And then I do some journaling. I start to, that's why I like to write in the morning. I'm not being interfered with. And I certainly don't watch the TV, folks. Don't turn that TV on anytime during okay. the day. So after I do my meditation, I do a half hour of journaling. And then I listen to inspirational music. I, I love music is a, one of the uh, languages of the soul. So I'll listen to instrumental music or I'll listen to music uh, with a message. Then I will do, will do some uh, readings of various uh, poems or prayers out loud, by the way. I read them out loud. I look in the mirror as I'm saying them. And I lastly but unequivocally end with the following affirmation. And I look in the mirror, and it took me a long time to do this, but every day I say, good morning, Kenny. Do you know you're a magnificent being? And I love you. And I hug myself. And that's how I start my day. Wow. That affirmation, that, that's powerful. That's powerful. It's not easy to do, folks, because most of no, us- No, it takes a long time. Yeah. And, and look in your eyes when you say it and say it aloud so you hear it, because most of us carry shame. And when you tell someone, I love you, many times that person has difficulty believing they're capable of love. And they'll look down or they'll look away in shame because what their self-talk is saying to them at the time, oh, yeah, but you don't know all the bad things I did and all the bad thoughts I had. And so people are in shame most of their lives. When you come out of shame and you really can accept the all of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, and embrace all of you, you become a whole person. Wow. And I guess that's part of the lifelong task, the lifelong journey to, it is. you know, yeah. Yes. I didn't start out that way. Trust me. I grew up in the South Bronx. I grew up in the hood. We were church mouse poor. I grew up, I was in gangs. I had a spent with drugs. I've been through it all. So I'm laughing now. This is the, uh, the extra innings that the universe has given me. And I'm having the time of my life because I feel now that I have loved myself unconditionally and I can extend that to other people because I've done it for myself. Yes. Yes. I definitely feel that whenever I'm around you, I feel that sense of peace and acceptance and woof. Like, like this morning, we had difficulty uh, opening up the, the, the link here. And I said, okay, well, we'll re just reschedule. You know, when it, we, if we don't do it today, we'll do it next week. Or, you know, I was okay. And then, mm -hmm. then I went to my phone. I said, well, let me see if I can get on my phone because my Mac computer couldn't open up this platform. And there's, mm -hmm. a, there's some kind of a glitch uh, technical-wise. But it was, it was okay either way, whether we did it or we didn't do it, because I know we would reschedule and do it another week or two or three down the road. You know? So I didn't get yeah. too frustrated. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like you, know, you f realize that there's another way once you sit back. Like, oh, that way didn't work. Oh, wait, what about this? Okay, if not... The, the key to being well is to be adaptive. You know, Dr. Joe's work, he teaches people, uh, through once you access the quantum field, there's infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. There's not just one way to do anything. Yeah, and I think that um, sometimes we get stuck in only 
because we can only think of one way initially. We think that that's the only way to go. And then that frustration and comes when the way you want intend for it to go is not how it's going. Very rarely does life go the way we intend. <laughs> yeah, I think we do too, a little too much. <laughs> You're a psychologist. You know that neuroplasticity is a sign of adapt- adaptation and health, mental health. People who get rigidified and stuck, but isn't that the name of you? Isn't that the name of this podcast? How to get unstuck? Yeah. I don't want to say uh, the yeah, first fuck, word. Something like I'll that. say it. I'll say it. Fuck being blank, stuck. Blank, how to get yeah. unstuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there you go. There's always there's always another way. If you don't have Plan A, you got Plan B, C, D, and F. And to stay fluid, life is a river. We're flowing. You need to be in flow. And by the way, when you're in a flow state of consciousness that's when you're going to have a lot of synchronicity. You're going to be amazed. You're going to be wow. Like I have them sometimes they're three, four in a row. I call those super synchronicities, one right after another. And, and it brings such a joy to my, to my heart and a smile to my face when they happen. That sounds like another book, Super Synchronicities. I like that. <laughs> there is a book out there by another doctor who wrote it. Yeah. So it's a sequential uh, form of uh, one after another. And I got, I've had many of them in my experience, but I never take them for granted. And I'm always, I'm always in awe, to tell you the truth. I'm always just smiling. Thank you, guys. Whoever's listening, thank you for arranging this. Because like you said, it's not probability and statistics. The, the likelihood of me reading Richie on that beach that day is zero to none. It's not mathematics. It's energetics. It's frequencyed. We attract and we, uh, we're radio stations, G-O-D. We're sending out signals all the time to the subconscious, and we're drawing back to us, as Dr. Joe teaches, through the feeling realm, through the magnetic pull of the heart. The thoughts are electrical, and the heart is magnetic. So when you neuralink an intention, a clear intention with an elevated emotion, he would say, you're going to have a manifestation. Oh, yeah. And those are always powerful. It's like, I called it like a magnifier. Like you think, oh, you know. It's just an amplifier. Like, it's just like, it just resonates out and you feel your heart expand and it's just overwhelming, but joyful. You realize like, wow, there's more to this than, than I thought and expected. Yes. I mean, the day that I met you and, and uh, Ricky, that was funny. You guys were going someplace else that day. And the last minute you picked my, my walking uh, spot. Exactly. Was, uh, walk for the earth. Yes. And, and when Ricky so came funny. into my, and when Ricky... Yeah, she was your partner in two of the trainings, right? You you roomed with her, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's my buddy. Yeah, yeah. we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when when she came into my office, and then I took her into my healing room, and she saw the picture of Dr. Wayne Dyer, she started to cry because she's mm-hmm. been following Wayne for years. And I don't know if you recall, if you were there this, the day that I I put the TV on, I said, "Well, now we're going to listen to uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton." And all of a sudden, Wayne's picture came up on the TV. Were you there that day? Yes. And it (laughs) never left. Yes. But that was not planned. Do you understand by me? We were (laughs) going to watch Bruce Lipton. I was going to give a 15-minute talk on the biology of belief. And Wayne's picture popped up, and he didn't leave. (laughs) Yes. So you were there that day. I don't remember if you were. Yes. Yeah. That wasn't a – I didn't do that intentionally. I love it. I love it. And the way we all met each other, you know, the 10 of us, now, nine, there's 10 of us now, but the nine of us was all through, we were all drawn to Dr. Joe's work in some way, shape, or form. And we all walked as a group that day in the park, which was beautiful, along with 140,000 other people around the world. 
Yeah, I love the community. It really is something special. Yeah, so I look forward to us all gathering together on our group text and all the check-ins. I love it. I love it. You know, when you find your tribe, you know, that's it. Yeah, well, we find each other. And it's all mm-hmm. frequency. It's not accident. Mm-hmm. No, no. Uh, like, like souls find other like souls. We are tribal, without a doubt. Yeah. You'll meet the right people in your, in your life if you stay aware, awake, and alert. Mm-hmm. And you'll also know when to leave a group if, if it becomes uh, a dissonant, if the energy shifts mm-hmm. in some way and it's not resonant with you. So pay attention. Like you said, my heart. You said something about my heart expands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The heart is one of the prime areas in the body where you'll get your information. It's a neuroendocrine organ. It's not a pump alone. Mm-hmm. People think it's a pump. No, that's one function on a mechanical level, but it's so much more. And we now know through the Heart Math Institute, for people who don't know that, that there's more information going from the heart to the brain than there is from the brain to the heart. Just the opposite. Yes. And when those two feel, the brain waves and the EKG waves are in alignment or in synchronization, you're going to have manifestation all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's right. So what I follow heart math as well. And I know I have the inner balance monitor because that was how I got started with Dr. Joe's work because I could not sit through the meditations at first. And I'm like, let me go to this heart math thing and just try to sit, you know, with the pacer and relax my body. And then once it worked, I was able to get into the meditations with ease. So that's how I started. What would you suggest to other people who want to get started and get used to tapping into their Well, there's no one way. Heart math, yeah, heart math is an excellent tool. It's It's a tool like any other tool. There are many, many forms of meditation. Now, for people like yourself who had difficulty with sitting, I assume you could, you're well, you're a psychologist, so you're mentally oriented. So you must have had like <laughs> always, always up here. People, I can't get know, down your here. Thought, <laughs> your thoughts, your thoughts are like the ticker tape. You ever watch the TV and on the bottom of the TV, the Bloomberg, all the stocks are coming <laughs> across. That's what people's minds are like. The, one thing after another, you know, one one incessant thought after another, and and if you get locked into the thoughts, you can't relax. No. So music is another way of connecting with the heart. The, the evo- evocation of music and emotions will bring great uh, resonance to your heart field. You know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, everything is sound. You know, everything in the universe is tonal. It's, it's a sound wave. It's, it's not, they say in the beginning was what? In the Bible, I think it says, was the word. Well, that was sound. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there was what? Light. Light. Light was not the first thing that brought us into being this. It was tonal. It was sound. So you you like to think of yourself as being sung into existence by something or some some higher intelligence of which we're all a part of. Now, as a chiropractor, when I give adjustments, we affect the nervous system directly. But now they now know that the nervous system, by the way, folks, is not just electrical chemical impulse. It's actually a sound wave. And there are forms of adjustments now coming into being this in, in my profession where you just introduce a sound wave to the spine without ever touching the spine, and you can bring about an alignment. Now, the work that I do called attunement works on on that principle. I can align your spine without ever having to manipulate it. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. It is. <laughs> it's an evolution. It's evolution. Yes. Uh, yes. We, one, of our group, one of our group members, as you know, is Mary Rose Perone. And she recently yes. did a, a sound healing at my office. And another gentleman there, I won't mention his name, but he was a, facing possible kidney stone operation. 
Well, he came to Mary's singing bowls, I'll call them. She had the seven bowls, <laughs> which represent the seven chakras. And his kidney stone pulverized. It broke up. He didn't need the operation. He went back for his follow-up exam. The doctor says, we're not going to do the procedure because it's gone. He said, what did you do different since I saw you last? He said, well, I went to this sound healing. So what sound is going to be a new modality. <laughs> sound? He says, keep doing whatever you're doing is what he told me. <laughs> sound and light will be the will be the new medicine. Lasers and sound mm. is going to be the new medicine, not wow. drugs. Drugs have a limited... Drugs, as you know, are materialistically oriented. They're matter to matter. And the new paradigm for healthcare, as Joe teaches, our friend Dr. Joe, is energy to matter. Energy mm. can change matter faster than matter can change matter. Yes. Yes. So pharmacology, although it's it's an interim period, we're, we're relying on medications, they won't be necessary in the future or very rarely necessary. I'm not saying never. I'm saying they'll be restricted. Yeah. And it's really not a long-term solution. You know, it's temporary. It's like putting Band-Aids everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I call it, here's what I say. Yeah. I say Band-Aids on the boo-boos or perfume on the poo-poo. <laughs> so as that perfume wears off. It starts to stink again. So so what we call healthcare in the United States is not a healthcare system, Sabrina. It's a disease management system. It tells people and it's taught people, unfortunately, stay home, get sick, get diagnosed, and then get treated. If you show up at a doctor's office, most allopathic physicians, he says, what seems to be the problem? And you say, I got no problems. He says, well, go home and get one. Come back, then I'll treat you. <laughs> That's not a good way to, to manage uh, people's health. We should be proactive and pre preemptive, which is my profession. Yes. Chiropractic is not for necks and back. I had babies come in from the hospital who had difficult childbirths uh, coming into this world with forceps or vacuum, and we didn't wait for symptoms. We were able to fix them right at the gate. Wow. And mothers who knew that would bring their babies to me before they go home from the hospital. They come right from the hospital to me. But they were educated. They knew that chiropractic had value beyond necks and back relief. The, pop, the problem with my profession is that's what people think we do. We crack backs. No, no, we don't crack. We realign the spine and we reconnect the brain to the body. And the chiropractic adjustments can go from cavitation, which is an audible release, to a very light uh, touch. And you won't hear or feel anything. So that's the gamut of the technique, but the intent is the same, to bring about a coherence between head and heart, between thought and emotion. That's my advertisement, folks, if you're listening, why you should go to a chiropractor, <laughs> to stay Okay, well. to stay well. You want to stay right. well. Don't wait yeah. to get sick. And I would tell the people who come initially with pain, and most people go because they're in pain and they want relief from the pain. And once that's resolved, they say, well, now we, we've uh, temporarily given you relief, but would you like to get the root cause of the problem fixed? And they said, yep. And I said, well, that's going to involve something else. And would you like to come for wellness and preventative care? So I had three different fee structures in my practice, and I let people choose relief, correction, or lifetime wellness. And on a lifetime wellness, we encouraged them to bring their children. I didn't have regular fees. I had a global fee. I, I was like a health club. You pay one fee and you can bring your whole family to me, unlimited care. And I made it wow. affordable because most chiropractors today, it's condition-based. People are coming for one, two, three visits, and they're going to pay a lot of money. But if you wanted to come long-term, I reduced the fee. And as a result of people under my care, I had many, many families. They didn't have to go to uh, other doctors. Wow, that's wonderful. Wonderful. So, Dr. Ken, any final words for the listener? Anything you want to share before we... 
conclude today's interview? I would say wake up every day in thankfulness. You can never go wrong if you get out of bed and say, thank you, God, source, spirit, for another day to give and receive love. That's all we're here for, Sabrina. In the big picture of things, everything else is dramatic drama. But we're really here. We're vehicles for the expression and the giving and the receiving of love. For for it is from love we have come from the invisible world, from the from the from the nowhere to the now here, and we will go back to everywhere, which is love again. So we're on a journey from love and to love we come. Ah. Uh. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode. You heard from Dr. Ken. It all comes back to love. Please write us a review and follow us on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.